Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 71. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Alice Skye. The Wagaya and Wemba Wemba musician, based in Victoria, recently released her gorgeous second record, I Feel Better But I Don't Feel Good. In today's episode, we're talking with Alice about the new record, working with Jen Cloa, and her connection to Phoebe Bridges. Here we go. Our guest today is an incredible singer-songwriter from Victoria, who recently released her incredible second record, I Feel Better But I Don't Feel Good. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Alice Sky. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. Not too bad. That's good. good. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I am in Melbourne on Wurundjeri country. Um, I just moved out to the suburbs quite far out, so it's um, a bit of a change. It's really nice. Right. Right. How are you finding the change? I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, Yeah, I've only been out this way, sort of out near Warren Diet for like a month now. Um, are you in Melbourne? No, we're in Adelaide. Oh, you're in Adelaide. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think just after the lockdown, a change was needed for me. That's very fair. I do know some people who... Um, who live in Victoria and in Melbourne and um, after the lockdown, they, yeah, they went a little bit further out to find a little bit more, um, a little bit more space, a little bit more like peace and quiet. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's not a crazy idea. It's actually pretty smart. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a crazy idea. Not the craziest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Congratulations. You recently released your second studio album. I feel better, but I don't feel good. Um, How does it feel to, to have it out there? Uh, it feels really nice. Um, I think especially not playing shows or anything. I haven't played shows in a long time. So, yeah, it's feeding some kind of part of me that remembers that I play and write music. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm a musician, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, have I made this all up? Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been nice. <laughs> I am very curious about the title. I think it's so far one of my favorite titles of the year because it has this like duality to it almost where it's optimistic, but it's still a little bit like, um, there's a little bit of concern there as well. Where did did the title come from? Um, 
Uh, it was it was just a text I sent to a friend when they were asking me how I was, and yeah, I thought it was funny. So, um, yeah, I wanted to put it into a song, um, and I knew really early on I wanted that to be the album, like before some of the other songs were written. Um, but it all just kind of seemed to fall under that, yeah, umbrella of yeah, feeling better, but. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I can respect that. Yeah, yeah. The, the record does, um, I guess, touch on things within that realm of like feeling better but not good or great. Um, <laughs> it does kind of touch on like mental health and things like uh, topics like that. When you're writing and when you're songwriting, how? How do you feel like approaching those kind of topics and being able to use them as as therapy, I guess, is one way to, to phrase it? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't think about it, it. Like when I'm writing it, I'm not thinking about it as a song that other people will listen to just yet. Like I guess I'm just writing what comes to mind and what I need to put somewhere other than Mm -hmm. my head. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I guess that part is kind of therapeutic and like a coping strategy. But um, I think the releasing, releasing it and sharing it is more of the cathartic part of it. Um, but yeah, I kind of only really think about it <laughs> about <laughs> it afterwards when I'm asked to talk about yeah the content of the songs and like what they're about and stuff and just being like oh yeah like <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's just what yeah what has uh, I've always been drawn to I guess in other people's music so probably makes sense that it's yeah found its way into my writing. <laughs> That's uh, that's very fair. I can I can understand that. Have you found that you've found that similar thing that what you just said that you've connected with other people's music that is like honest and kind of raw in a way? Have you had that same reaction from fans of yours? Uh, yeah, the reactions have been really so nice. Um, it's such a crazy and nice thing <laughs> um, <laughs> to yeah, hear that it's resonating with people because that's why I love music. That's why a lot of people love music is, you know, a place to have something reflected back to you, like by someone else. And that's, that can be comforting or can be like a soundtrack to cry to or, I don't know, do anything to. So, um, yeah, I'm, it's very nice. <laughs> it's a really nice <laughs> feeling. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, you do have some relatively uh, mentioning fans. I was speaking to some people in preparation for today and they were very excited that um, that you were coming onto the podcast. You do also have some, um, some fans in some very high places. I believe that, uh, where are we, the Avalanches, Moby, Midnight Oil, are all 
in the Alice Sky fan club. What is it like having um, some some heavy hitters like that uh, in in your corner? Oh yeah, I mean not at all what I envisioned, um, but you know they're all great songwriters and um, you know especially like big Australian names that I grew up with. So um, yeah, it's really. Um, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> that's all I can say. It's nice. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's a, that's a valid um, response. It's just, uh, I think when you like sit and um, when I have stuff, yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did the Midnight Oil, because I know that you've, I think you've toured with them and, and played with them on stage. How did that kind of, uh, I guess, working relationship come about or how did you first hear that they were fans of your of yours um I think it was yeah in the, in the lead up to them recording their album um that they just released in collaboration with a lot of other First Nations artists like Uncle Bana Laurie and um like Tasman Keith who's like a young rapper so you know like elders that have been around and, you know, young people coming up, um, which is really cool to be a part of because I think Midnight Oil in particular speaks to like a really big, um, like kind of intergenerational fan base and, um, you know, is music that people's parents love, but like their kids, you know, I don't know. I just, I really like music that has that kind of thread that it can pull through families. Um, so, yeah, when they asked, I was quite excited um, and it was kind of one of those ones that, um, yeah, you tell the family and they're like, oh, <laughs> Alice is, like, doing some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, like, they, they've been um, – using their platform to speak about First Nations issues like since the 80s. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really nice that they, um, yeah, asked me to be involved um, with their kind of, yeah, most recent um, interpretation of how they use their platform and things like that. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really cool. Definitely. I imagine it, um, as you're saying, it is definitely one to take home and at the dinner table kind of like drop that news and everyone's like, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm from a country town too. So it's like, you know, they're, they're a massive deal. Yeah, of course. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> uh, with this second album of yours, it is a like a fuller band sound now. The, the songs are a little bit, um, more like in party tricks, there's like a wall of sound, um, with the guitars. What was the decision to not totally reinvent, but what was the the decision to like add to the sound that you'd already built on from that first release? Um, I guess party tricks for me is like the music I always wanted to make as like a teenager. And that was what I listened to. And, like, yeah, bands like the Cranberries that have these huge bands 
behind Dolores Arredo's that beautiful voice. Um, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of music like that in my like teen years that I gravitated towards. Um, just that like angsty kind of turn up really loud in your headphones sort of music. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I loved, I really loved that song. Um, and I think, um, yeah, the first album friends with feelings, I, I did, I wasn't with my band mates that I play with, um, twin, twin brothers, Sam and Kane. I grew up with them in my hometown. Um, and so having them in the room for this album, I think really helped with that. And just being like older, like I was only, I think like 19, 20 sort of when I did friends with feelings. I mean, I'm only 26 now, but like, it's like, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing with the first album. <laughs> I still don't really know what I'm doing, but um, it's just fun to play with different elements and instruments and of course, genres yeah. and stuff. I feel that any first, like, release from an artist, you're still kind of finding your feet and then from there you're able to, like, grow and add stuff or change things and that's definitely why you can... Um, we, well, yeah, as you said, continue to like do different things. And I'm sure that the third and fourth record and fifth record will, will build on that as well. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the record was produced by Jen Cloer, who, um, is obviously an amazing, um, solo artist in her own right. How did that opportunity come about and how was the experience for you for having someone who I guess has already gone through the at the artist aspect of it to be behind the deck and be able to help you in producing it. Yeah, that it was something I knew. I don't know. Just I I saw Jen read a keynote speech at some event in Melbourne, um, and I just loved the way she talked about music and her approach to music and her approach to the industry. Um, and clearly just how much she loved songwriting. Um, and then we were put, I, I did a panel discussion with her and some other great writers, um, a panel discussion on songwriting and, um, yeah, after already being a fan, just like being able to sit, you know, um, down and talk about songwriting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Just, yeah, really cemented my kind of just like, oh, yeah, I really... Just like that, like, nerd out, I love this stuff so much um yeah and so we just yeah we kind of um I don't know just met met properly there and um yeah now she's just like a beautiful friend of mine and like someone that I really um yeah I don't know I think it was important for me to have someone in the room that there was a shared understanding of um, both music and just like life and like the angle that you're coming at it from. Um, Cause yeah, yeah. My, my songs, I guess are pretty personal. So it would feel weird to not have that kind of connection with someone. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I imagine that if it's like, um, like a hired gun or whatever, that it could be a very different experience if there's not that level of trust and connection there. Yeah. She was really great to have in the room. And I, yeah, I like, yeah, I liked the songwriter's approach to like the producer role. And um, like she said, she'd never done it before, but I'm like, I don't know, you probably like produce your own songs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, pretty good. So, um, but she was really good at it. I think it would be really hard. Like, I don't think I could do it. Um, I mean, definitely not yet, but just, I don't know, trying to push people out of their comfort zone can be hard and, you know, throwing around ideas to people that have, I don't know, songwriters can be pretty, I mean, I can be pretty, you know, you could offend someone easily by being like, you know what? Um, but, you know, she's, yeah, it, I think it's a skill to be able to push people um, without making them feel um, pushed or shoved. Yeah, 100%. I imagine it's a, a little bit of a double-edged sword almost that you know what buttons not to push, but then you know what buttons to push as well in a way. Because they've, they've probably gone through it. I imagine that she's probably gone through it herself and is like, don't be that person that I hated or whatever. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, um, one of the more personal tracks on the record I wanted to talk about was the closing track. And I am going to preface this with the apology. If I uh, have any mispronunciation, Warega Dajalan. Warega Jalan. Oh, damn. I apologize for that. It's all good. Um, and I know that it addresses your Wagaya heritage. Did I say Wagaya right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> all my research did pay off. Yes. <laughs> um, it addresses your Wagaya heritage and is sung in uh, the Wagaya language as well, which I think is the first time on your record that you've sung uh, in that. How important was it for you to be able to include this song on the record and have that um, that part of you, like, out in the world for everyone to, to hear and see? Um, I think I'm still realising what it means for me and it will 
change and evolve over time. But, um, yeah, the process of putting the song on the album um, was like a little bit of back and forth. Yeah, I don't um, know a lot of my language and I don't speak it conversationally. Um, I just have... Um, a dictionary that's been passed through my family and um, yeah when I was sort of approaching the song yeah I called my auntie just to see what she thought and she just yeah it was really encouraging it was just like just do it in your way like whatever you do is like gonna I don't know I think I was worried about it being perfect or being right or um, yeah I don't know and I think even that in itself was interesting because, yeah, we had our languages taken from us and now we feel too, like, imperfect to access them. And so that to me, I was like, well, that's the whole, that was the whole plan of colonisation was to discourage us from, um, speaking our languages and connecting with our culture and kind of this like, yeah, inferiority. I think I felt because I, um, yeah, grew up kind of split between the two, two worlds in quotations. Um, so yeah, it was, um, pretty, yeah, important for me and, um, for my, you know, I just wanted to do something for my family and for, myself um and yeah not trying to speak for like black fellas as a whole but just like this is my experience um this is your truth yeah 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 it's um it is a gorgeous song could you see yourself possibly um I guess I know before we talked about album three four and five and (laughs) um could you see yourself in the future um using like uh, the the language more often in in song um I don't know I think for me the like yeah it's not I don't want to learn my language so I can sing in it so much I just want to learn it for myself and um I think that's going to be like an ongoing journey for me um and if it ties in with a song because yeah just very good and the lyrics are talking about like searching and listening to speak your tongue so it was kind of yeah it, it those language words mirrored what I was feeling about them um so yeah I don't know never say never <laughs> but I get no, I can definitely understand that if it happens organically and is, yeah, you don't want to do it just for the sake of, mm. um, and I can respect that. Uh, very quickly, before we get to your playlist, I just wanted to touch on the tour that um, I feel like it's been pushed <laughs> back a few times for you guys and I feel terrible, but hopefully touch wood that it, another yeah. dates are reorganised. Yourself and Elizabeth going on tour in September and October how do you feel about finally being able to get back out there and play play these songs? Um, I'm excited. I, like, yeah, like you said, we've um, rescheduled it quite a number of times. Like a lot of um, a lot of artists have been facing um, 
So I think it'll feel really nice, yeah, once once it's happening. But it is this kind of weird, like, I'll believe it when I am there kind of headspace. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, we haven't played a show in, like, what feels like months and I'm excited to just watch Elizabeth too because I know she's probably, you know, excited to just finally get on stage. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I know that there's a lot of fans that are excited as well and, again, touch wood that we will see you guys in September yes. and October. Um, Alice, would you be happy to talk about your playlist? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> The playlist that you sent through has some classic uh, Australian alternative on there with some Silverchair, uh, with Missy Love and something for Kate with Monsters. These albums, uh, I know before you said you're 26, these albums are probably 20 years old now. I think something for Kate is 20 years old, uh, Ethelalia. Oh, yeah. Um, how did you get introduced to these songs and, and why did they mean something to you or why are they on the, on the playlist? Um, something for Kate, um, that album, Echolalia, my oldest sibling introduced me to, um, I think they were maybe in year 12 when it came out or when they discovered it, they were in year 12 and just became like the soundtrack for their high school experience. And I, I kind of love, I love those, I love yeah, what becomes people's high school soundtrack because it's such like a, you know, you, you experience heaps of these emotions but don't really have like tools to speak about them. So I feel like music is like a huge crutch and tool. Like, tool, yeah. Um, and it's always, I like revisiting my high school obsessions. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe I was out of school when my sibling introduced me to this album but um yeah it's a great album start to finish I really I love um Paul Dempsey's voice um yeah and it just puts yeah it puts you in that like angsty teen <laughs> kind of headspace even though yeah I was like maybe 19 or 20 when I listened but it's you know very 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 close to it, it in in what is meant as a compliment for Paul Dempsey if you are listening something for Kate do have that weird his voice and the songs do kind of snap you into like an alternative teenage kind of like nobody understands me, but I've got this. Yeah. Kind of I think yeah. it's a huge compliment. <laughs> I hope you <laughs> think so too. <laughs> it's meant as a compliment, but I just wanted to yeah. like, cover all the bases in case. Yeah. 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 Always good. <laughs> um, the other, any chance that we get um, at this podcast, we will take to talk about the um the brilliance of Phoebe Bridges. And oh, yeah, I can she, see the record behind you. <laughs> we put this up there for you. That one and something for Kate as well there. Oh, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she appears twice here, once with Kid Cuddy and once with um Better Oblivion Community Center. Mm. You have a bit of a connection or or a, a, a yeah, I'll tell you a connection with Phoebe Bridges. Are you happy to 
tell us what it is? <laughs> Funny. Yes, I have a connection with David Ritter's No, um, Yeah, I think Triple J played one of my songs to her and or played five artists that they thought kind of derived from her thing. Yeah, so... Um, we have never met or spoken, but she's listened to my song and said that she liked it. <laughs> so that's, that's nice. <laughs> Did, um, what was it? I'm trying to think, because didn't she say that you were the Australian her or that <laughs> um, I might be taking it out of context, but no, that's essentially what I took from it. That's, yeah, that's what my friends um, took from it too. Um, <laughs> I think she said that. Um, Fen, Fen Lily, who's an English singer, is like the English version of Phoebe Bridges, and I am the Australian version of that. So, yeah, by extension, I suppose. Yes, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, of course. That's my phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to. Uh, the last track, very quickly, I know um, we've got to wrap things up in a second, but the last track I wanted to talk about was the Dolly Parton track, I Don't Want You Around Me Anymore. Uh, why? Uh, yeah, where does your love for, for Dolly in this song come from? Uh, it was really, I actually struggled to pick just one Dolly song when I was making this <laughs> playlist because I love so many of them. But... Um, I, yeah, I love this ability she has to write about, like, really heartbreaking stuff. I was going to put um, when someone wants to leave, um, when you want them to stay on the playlist, just, like, a really sad song about unrequited love, but went with this one because I love that it's just, like, really, like, kind of on the nose and she's just, like, yeah, you were half as smart as you say you are, like... I don't know. I just like, I love like the putting her foot down um, and just think she's, yeah, one of the best songwriters ever. It is a great, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it is a great track where she's, as you say, she's putting her foot down, but it never sounds, the song itself never sounds angry or angsty. It's still like, I don't, people can't see this because it's a podcast, but I <laughs> Kind of bop along. Yeah, um, yeah, it's very yeah. like you know playful and funny and um, exactly. But also, like if you were the person that that song was written about, you'd be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like <laughs> I love that. Yes, one hundred percent. After <laughs> listening to the lyrics, after dancing, you'd be like, wait a second, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, <there. laughs> Alice, um, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate you coming on the podcast, and congrats again on I feel better, but I don't feel good. No worries. Thanks so much. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Alice Skye for her time. I Feel Better But I Don't Feel Good is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the record or buy tickets to her tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Georgia and Charlotte at Thinking Loud for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Alice's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlist streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, cheers.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 